0: Hello, Kata. you Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Cora Hawkins. Coming up in this Fiji election special...
1: Well, it was an extraordinary election, the third election since the 2006 go.
0: There are claims of irregularities in the vote to create a new coalition government formed in Fiji. Our guest today is John Frankel, a professor in comparative politics at Victoria University of Wellington, who's just back from Fiji and an expert on Melanesian politics. There are claims of irregularities in the vote to create a new coalition to form a new government in Fiji. Internal disagreements have resurfaced within Sidelpa, Fiji's king-making party, less than 24 hours after it announced it was forming a coalition government with the People's Alliance and the National Federation Party. The latest turn of events has resulted in the party's General Secretary, Linaitasin Buru, tendering his resignation on Tuesday night to the party's management board following his concerns about anomalies in the voting process to elect a coalition partner. Sodelpa's 30-member board was split with 16 in favour of the new coalition and 14 in favour of teaming up with Fiji First. Joining me to unpack some of the complexities of the situation as we await the calling of the first sitting of the new parliament – is John Frankel, a professor in comparative politics in the School of History, Philosophy, Political Science and International Relations at the Victoria University of Wellington. John has formerly worked at the University of the South Pacific in Fiji and is the author of The Manipulation of Custom, From Uprising to Intervention in the Solomon Islands and co-editor of the 2006 military takeover in Fiji, A Coup to End All Coups. He is also the Pacific Islands correspondent for The Economist. Nissan Bolivinaga, welcome on Pacific Waves again, John, and welcome back home. Um, The, yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride so far and still, still we continue. Can you, can you tell us with, with where we're sitting now, when, when can we expect uh, a parliament sitting and, and what happens next? Well,
1: it was an extraordinary election, the third election since the 2006 coup. And when the provisional results came out, it looked as though Fiji First had won because there was only three parties that had uh, crossed the 5% threshold. And on that basis, Fiji First would have won a majority again, as it did in 2018 and 2014. But when the final results came out, based on all the polling stations, it became clear that a small party... Sodelpa had crossed the 5% threshold as well, making four parties in parliament, which makes an enormous amount of difference in Fiji's system. Uh, This meant that effectively um, the ruling party, Fiji First, had 26 seats, and the tight coalition formed between Siti Veni Rambuka's People's Alliance and the National Federation Party uh, also had 26 seats, leaving three seats held by the uh, uh, Sodelpa, the former largest opposition party, and they went through a, a period of great uncertainty about uh, which side they would uh, opt for. And last night, they made the, an announcement that was received spectacularly well in Fiji, uh, saying that they were going with the opposition, and uh, this was after they had heard uh, presentations from both uh, the People's Alliance NFB and uh, the Fiji First Party from Varangi Banu and, uh, I, as I say, it came, the two key figures in the Fiji First Party. Now, that, that meant a coalition agreement had been forged, and a, uh, a letter went to the president indicating that they were ready to form a new government. The president's role, according to the 2013 constitution, is to call a meeting of parliament within 14 days. People expected that call to happen immediately, but it has not happened, and uh, at the same time, there have been uh, frictions within Sedelpa about the decision to go with the People's Alliance and the National Federation Party and form an opposition coalition government uh, replacing Fiji first. Uh, it's clearly the majority in Sedelpa that made that decision. And if Sedelpa were to go any other way, they would face enormous problems and no doubt be utterly wiped out eventually if they uh, uh, sought to broker a coalition with Fiji first, but the General Secretary of Sadelpa has resigned, and then after resigning has written to the President in the capacity, uh, in his capacity as General Secretary, despite having resigned from the position, uh, demanding a delay to the sitting of Parliament. We don't yet know exactly what the President has responded, if anything.
0: Yes, um, I I can tell you he has, um, uh, Duru, well, Duru has said that the President has responded, um, yes. and not, not, not acknowledging that he would do anything along the lines of the request, but saying that he would he wouldn't rush uh, bringing the sitting of Parliament or, or making the proclamation for Parliament to sit. Now, I did want to want to ask your view on the fact that we we have yet to see Fiji First Frank Bainimarama concede the election publicly.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Yes, one would it normally expect a defeated prime minister at this point in a democracy to acknowledge that the, um, the votes went against him, that a, a majority coalition has been formed, uh, and, that, uh, and to either resign or, uh, and, uh, from parliament or take up the position of opposition leader, or well, there are various other things, but there is a, a, a constitutional process to be followed. That constitution, of course, was imposed on the people of Fiji by Fiji First. So if they move in violation of their own constitution, they would move back into uh, I- I- into a, a period of severe instability in Fiji, such as we had in the aftermath of the 2009 abrogation of the constitution.
0: Yeah, yeah, lots of historical um, lessons and examples and things to look back on in Fiji's colourful history politically um what one of the difficulties we're having right now reporting is trying to separate um all of the posturing and trying to distinguish between what's the actual process going into this and what is different sides trying to play on the rhetoric of a change of the guard and and that what it means for racial politics which have been um I don't know suppressed is too strong a word, but sort of uh, everyone in Fiji has been made to accept or to, to, to stay and state and follow the rule that we're all Fijians, there's no race, there's no difference between indigenous um, uh, Indo-Fijian or anyone else, and that, that that's the way it should be. So without that... Blanket over things now with Rambuka coming in with uh, uh, a strong Italke centred party like Sodelpa, talking about reinstating the Council of Chiefs, bringing that narrative back up. Um, I guess uh, there's a question in here somewhere. I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what what does that all all look like in terms of how do how does Fiji progress forward? I guess peacefully, um, without it all exploding.
1: Yep. Uh, I think there are many questions in that, but, but, but one of the critical ones that you raised is about the, um, the consequence for race relations or ethnic politics in Fiji. And, and, of course, the Fiji First Party has fought the last two elections very much appealing to the Fiji Indian community uh, and saying that they would be threatened by an opposition victory. But this time, I think the opposition very successfully countered this um, Rambuka Booker uh, did uh, a TikTok uh, um, uh, talking and uh, joking with uh, Fijian, uh, Fiji Indian shopkeepers. Uh, there were pictures of him dancing with Fiji Indian ladies there. The, but more importantly, other than the sort of rhetoric of all this, the, um, uh, the, the, the party was able to attract some extremely strong Fiji Indian candidates, such as uh, uh, Paramesh Chand um, had a strong alliance with Bhiman Prasad, the leader of the National Federation Party, which historically was a largely Fiji Indian party, has moved towards a much more multi-ethnic party. So what was confronting Bainim Rama at this election was a, um, a multi-ethnic coalition. Even Sudelpa took steps to try and broaden its uh, candidates to gain some uh, Fiji Indian support. And I think also the... Um, the, the opposition was very successful in countering the politics of fear. The notion that uh, that everyone should be extremely uh, terrified by the idea of, of an opposition victory. Um, the uh, uh, Rambuka's core message, uh, "Let the love shine," uh, well, was a, a message that appealed to people of all religious faith, and and very sensibly also said that there would be no recriminations, that they weren't going to kind of come after people and try to uh, immediately settle scores with Fiji First in a kind of vindictive way. No, they they operated really quite sensibly, I think, diffused uh, the, the politics of fear that had been used so successfully by Fiji First in 2014 and 2018. Uh, For example, I attended one of the final rallies of the People's Alliance Party in Syria Park in Nausori, in the pouring rain, it should be said. And and there, the message was not, you know, uh, this was a largely Itake or indigenous Fijian audience, but the message was not a... a sort of ethnically charged message at all. On the contrary, it was an apology for the 87 coup, a recognition that that was wrong, and a recognition on Rambuka's part that he had uh, a role to play in redressing and writing those roles. Uh, on the platform was uh, a Talatala priest uh, uh, who, uh, a pastor, who said, who talked about how uh, terrible the experience of the 1987 coup had been. And Rampuka's apologies for this have, 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 have been sincerely made, I think, down the, down the years. And he wants to be remembered, because he is an old man now. He wants to be remembered not so much as the architect of the 1987 coup, but as the architect of the 1997 constitution, a constitution that sought to bring together the communities, that sought to encourage a sharing of power, uh, which was un- unfortunately undone by the coup of 2000 and then again the coup of 2006.
0: One, one aspect you mentioned as you're coming to the end of, of that wrap um, there was um, there are some things structurally that have been put in place by Fiji First that this group of parties um, ha- have, have said that they would be rolling back. And um, to name a few that we've actually seen, um, is the, the rein, rein, reinstatement of the Fiji Council of Chiefs, uh, rolling back um, discriminatory laws and um, even re- re-looking at some education policies. But as you said, this is a constitution that was um, forced upon the people of Fiji. There was no consultation around it. Is there a possibility that they go even further and, 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 and look to... To up a, con- a constitution based on uh, um, a wider consultation with the Fijian community?
1: Well, the consultation is not always possible, but according to the 2013 constitution, you need a 75% majority in parliament in order to uh, put up an amendment, and then you need a, a 75% majority of all registered voters in a referendum. That's an impossibly high threshold. Uh, maybe there are some possibilities of judicial review about the constitutionality of the initial uh, imposition of that constitution. But one has to tread warily here. Uh, The um, military, which has said that it will stand back and allow the constitutional process to roll out, uh, nevertheless has also said that it, it sees itself as a an upholder of the 2013 Constitution. So I think uh, while while a review is always possible uh, and discussion is always worthwhile, uh, these are things that are are likely not to be on the immediate agenda. Um, As regards the great Council of Chiefs, the um, opposition statement did not talk about bringing back the constitutional role for the great council of chiefs which which once played a very important role both in selection of the president and in selection of the upper house the senate which has been abolished under the 2013 constitution no it talked about bringing back the great council of chiefs in an advisory capacity Uh, Sometimes this is seen uh, as a sort of threatening step, but it isn't necessarily. One has to remember that the um, Fiji First government has not only abolished the Great Council of Chiefs in 2012, they also uh, abolished elections to the municipal councils, which were the only uh, body that used to be elected under a common role, and they abolished elections to the Fiji Sugarcane Growers Council in the uh, farming communities over in western Viti level and northern Vanua level. In other words, Fiji first abolished all the sort of local bases of representation uh, because they were potentially threatening, because they were potentially uh, uh, representational organs that could be used to support... The opposition political parties, and I think that's a, that, that, that's had a, 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 a bad effect on Fiji politics. It means that the the parties can't draw in new blood based on these, um, you know, these municipal councils or the provincial councils or the chiefs or the, um, or for that matter, the farmers' unions, which are so important for Fiji Indians.
0: The question that's lingering. Um, um At the back of everyone's mind as we wait for uh, a proclamation for Parliament to set in, is is there an appetite for any untoward behaviour from Fiji first in terms of trying to hang on to power?
1: Well, I think we know from past experience that there have been such um, manoeuvres. After all, when the um, uh, Fiji Court of Appeal, in 2009, pronounced the government unlawful. What happened was that the next day the Constitution was abrogated. People had a moment of ecstasy, thinking that they'd reached a freedom, uh, as some kind of resurrection of democracy, and then th- those hopes were all dashed. Uh, people in the streets of Suba, Nandi, Nalsori, all around the country were... Uh, Uh, you know, there was a lot of expressions of joy and relief. I think, uh, I mean, although Fiji First, Bainim Rama, ISAF came, could try to fight this. uh, The other way they could look at it is to say that that they've, they've done a lot over these last 16 years, some things that have been good, like reducing the voting age to 18, introducing a proportional representation system.
0: There's been a lot of
1: development. Uh, but it's now time to pass on the baton. It's now time to allow other parties to come in, initially on the basis of the 2013 constitution, and to stop all the repression. All the, you know, As, as uh, Sodelpa were meeting last night to deliberate on their choice of coalition partner, yet another you know, uh, Sodelpa um, uh, the representative was hauled into the uh, police station to be questioned because they were trying to uh, get together a petition in opposition to Sudelpa joining with Fiji first. There was a lot of expression in the, at the grassroots of the party saying they didn't want uh, Sudelpa to go into coalition with Fiji first. they wanted a coalition with the people 's Alliance and the National federation party so it 's really time for Banimarama and Kem who've been saying that what they really want is stability, and what they really want is some kind of uh, uh, accommodation between the different uh, communities in Fiji. It's time for them to uh, do the honourable thing and concede defeat and start to look to some kind of future on the opposition benches or, or, or or in uh, some other capacity.
0: Now, finally. Sudalpa, the the probably with the toughest egg to crack to look at for the end as we as we await um, the completion of this transition from from, uh, uh, from the elections to the coalition government being sworn in uh, Rambuka being put up as a uh, person to be voted for for prime minister. Ah, can you, is there even a nutshell big enough for you to dissect for us just what's going on internally there? 16-14, that's a very split vote in terms of direction for this party. And already as the former General Secretary now, um, uh, making casting aspersions as to the validity of that vote, uh, saying that there are anomalies in the constitutionality of some of the members who took part in that vote.
1: Yes, yes, well, maybe there, there will be um, uh, controversies continuing on this, but clearly Anare Jale, the, um, uh, the who was chairing that negotiating committee, and uh, um, the Rocco Tui Draketti, Rotomu Mukepesh, they were both present at the press conference with the People's Alliance and National Federation Party last night. And what they say holds sway, should hold sway, within that party. Clearly there was a majority vote amongst those who were there. And the... Um, I think the attempt to challenge that legally uh, will be deeply, likely to be deeply suspect. There may be efforts, but uh, uh, <coughs> uh, this, the, the decision that Sudelpa made was clearly in line with uh, uh, what Sudelpa has been. Let's remember, Sudelpa is a party that was the, the, the very identity of which was attacked by Fiji first. Sudelpa used to be the SDL, the Soloshova Duavata. the. SDL. the uh, Fiji first government passed a decree saying that Sodelpa could not have a, a Fijian name, a name in the Fijian language. So they tried to keep the acronym uh, S.D.L. but changed their name to Social Democratic and Liberal Party. Then another decree was passed saying that they couldn't keep the same acronym. That's why it's now called Sodelpa, Social Democratic and Liberal Party. It's just a kind of attempt to reconfigure the, that acronym. I mean, the, 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 some of these things that, that were done were so ham-fisted that they had counterproductive effect because everyone in Fiji quickly came to know exactly who Sadelpa was partly because of all these things. Sadelpa's a party that sees itself as closely tied to the Vanua, closely tied to the, um, uh, the, the communal basis of Fiji politics. They argue that Uh, You know, as long as the indigenous people are looked after, uh, the um, other communities need not worry. They're they're quite conservative in their orientation uh, and even demands, including very curious demands, like uh, uh, wanting to have an embassy in Jerusalem. Um, But but, uh, uh, oddly, recently, they've also pursued a more sort of left-wing kind of uh, policy stance. But clearly, they, they, they are a party that was... Uh, the party of the the government that was overthrown by the 2006 coup, they've been attacked left, right, and center by the Fiji First government. And uh, for them to do a a deal with Fiji First was really kind of inconceivable. It would have gone against everything they stood for, and it would have been a kiss of death for that party.
0: Finally, um, uh, John, thank you so much for all your insights. Um, As... as, um a, a, a person with with a close family ties to Fiji, being in Fiji, uh, seeing this extraordinary election, how did you you get you feel in terms of the sense of the people that you spoke to and and the mood and I guess the, where Fiji is now and also having followed politics in in Fiji over the years.
1: Well, well, I think I mean, it was very striking. This was an election that was not that different to 2018, if you look at the complexion. A lot of Fiji Indians still voted for Fiji first, despite the, um, uh, uh, some remarks that were made about uh, um, Hindu singers, Bajaniers, uh and uh, um, uh, despite some of the uh, uh, um, rhetoric, uh, Fiji Indians seem to have voted in large numbers for Fiji first although there were also some strong Fiji Indian candidates like Sashi Kiran for the National Federation Party and Paramesh Chan for the People's Alliance, people with very significant credibility within Fiji who would make excellent ministers. They've got tons and tons of experience in dealing with the problems of Fiji. And on the other side, I, I was struck when I was there, I was surprised about the degree of continued support amongst indigenous Fijians for Fiji First particularly amongst poorer uh, ethnic Fijians who have benefited to some degree from the roads, the walls, the bridges, the uh, developmental initiatives, the uh, inflation adjustment payments, these kind of things. At the rallies, you could see that there were quite significant numbers of indigenous Fijians who have supported Fiji First, but a minority. And really, it's the uh, uh, majority of the indigenous Fijians in the um, in, in the country that carried the opposition, the People's Alliance, so spectacularly from being well, a party that was invented since the last election to clearly the largest indigenous party. Uh, that was an extraordinary experience to witness that. And it was also extraordinary to see the scenes of jubilation on the streets of, uh, of, of Suva last night.
0: That's specific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Thank you, Tomas, and we're going to follow up next time.